A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and uh, I'm coming to you on a very chilly, cloudy day here in McDonough, Georgia. And just in case you don't know, the word chilly, C-H-I-L-L-Y, it just means a little cold, not freezing, just a little cold. All right. So I hope everything is good with you. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. I sincerely hope you're doing good. All right. I got a good episode for you today because today we're talking about the trouble of finding a language exchange partner. All right. Very important subject for anybody learning any language. So I know it's important for you. All right. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, I'm sure you've heard the expression meat and potatoes before because I've used it on this podcast before, but just in case this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. And the expression meat and potatoes, it really just means the essentials of the material, the majority, the mass, the important part of the material, right? Not the extra stuff. All right. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I want to give you the word of the day. All right. So the word of the day is existential 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 and this simply means of or relating to existence okay you have exist existence existential all right so for example does climate change pose an existential threat to humanity or in other words does climate change pose a threat to human existence Okay, so that's the word of the day. Existential. All right. So now let's get into this episode. It's no secret that the best way to practice and improve your language skills is by practicing with a native speaker of the language you're trying to learn. Right. We don't speak to computers. We don't speak to devices or machines. I mean, technically we do. Right. If you're on the phone with somebody, you're talking to the phone. And the person is hearing. But anyway, we don't speak to th objects. We don't speak to things. We speak to people. Right. So that means if you want to learn to speak a foreign language like the native speakers, 
you have to practice with native speakers, right? And if you if you don't have access to native speakers, that's fine. I mean, anybody that speaks the language. But if you want to speak like a native speaker, it's probably a good idea to speak with native speakers. And I'll give you another example of the same idea. It's like any other skill, you know? If you want to become the best soccer player in the world, you have to play with the best soccer players in the world, you know? Because by being exposed to the highest level of the skill, you'll naturally start to soak up or you'll naturally start to absorb the abilities of the people around you, you know? You'll start to see what can be done. You'll start to see what cannot be done. And by being around the best players in the world, you'll be forced to become a better player yourself. Okay, so going back to the language example, by being around native speakers all the time, you'll be forced to better understand and better express yourself like a native speaker, you know. And I'm not saying simply being around native speakers is going to make you fluent. You have to do the work. You have to pay attention. You have to practice. You have to try and fail. But you got to talk to people. There's no other way, you know. I've only met one person in my life, in my entire life, that has managed to become basically fluent in a language without having any contact with native speakers. Shout out to Mateos Cortez. What's up, bro? But that's the only person I know. You know, and he's a very special, unique person. So for the rest of us normal people, we got to practice with humans, all right? But let's move on. Before I get into... How can I say this? Because this episode, I really want to give you some tips on how to find a language partner and how to keep one. You know, but before we get into that, I'd like to look at the history of learning languages, right? Because the way we learn languages today is a little different from the way people learned languages hundreds of years ago, right? So how did people learn languages before the internet? You know, it's actually hard to remember a time before the internet, especially for me. I'm only 24. I'll be 25 next month. But, you know, if you're my age or younger it's almost impossible to remember a time where we didn't have internet you know what i'm saying so how did people learn before this before this technology came about or before this technology was invented well before all these marvelous things like uh, the internet and iphones and computers and stuff like that before this came along most people really didn't learn foreign languages they really didn't in fact Most people who speak a foreign language were not taught the language. They simply learned it. Okay? Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what's the difference? Right? They weren't taught the language, but they learned it. Well, what's the difference? Well, think of it this way. Before language tutors and and language schools were developed, the majority of people that learned a second or a third language did so through travel and immersion. For example, a merchant somebody who sells products, you know, like a freelance, uh, how can I say that? They sell their own products. They don't work for anybody. You know, they sell precious jewels or they sell precious cloths and materials or spices or whatever they sold hundreds of years ago, right? A merchant or a trader, someone who has to travel and sell his or her products needed to be able to speak the language of the local people, right? You can't, If I'm an English speaker, I can't go to Japan or, you know, Saudi Arabia or China and expect to have great success only speaking in English. I have to speak their language 
to be able to connect with them and get them to buy what I'm selling, right? So they would travel to these places and simply immerse themselves in the language and the culture around them. It was really that simple. They didn't have language schools or online courses and stuff like that, but people still learn languages. And that was the only way to do it, to go to that place and immerse yourself in that place, right? In ancient times, people really didn't see foreign languages as like a, a solitary body of language, you know? What does that mean? Well, when I say that, I mean, people didn't look at English or Japanese or French like subjects the same way we look at math or science or history. Those are solitary bodies of knowledge that you can study. But language is fluid. It changes over time, you know. You can't say one plus one is is two when you're talking about language. Maybe 20 years ago or 40 years ago, one plus one was two. But today, one plus one is seven. And I'm not talking about math. I'm just trying to give you an example of speaking about language. It changes, you know. Language is not a subject. It's a tool that we use to communicate and teach each other and learn the subjects of life. You see what I'm saying? So, that's how people learned before all these courses and schools and technology came about. You wanted to learn a language, you had to go to that place and learn that language. There were no teachers, there were no schools or courses, you know? So it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me how today so many people still believe that going to a traditional school or only taking, you know, some basic online courses is the, the, the right path to become fluent in a language. It just doesn't make sense, you know? And I'll put it this way, even a, even a more clear example. You learned your first language the same way that people learned languages hundreds of years ago. The same method that I just described, immersion. That's exactly how you learned your first language. You know what I'm saying? Babies, one years old, two years old, three years old, are already starting to communicate in their native language. They don't go to school. They don't study grammar. They can't read books, but they can speak. You see what I'm saying? My nephew's six years old, and I can sit and have a conversation with him, but if I put a book in front of him, chances are he's only going to understand 5% of what's in the book, maybe less. Now, why is that? Because it's not going to school and sitting in a classroom and studying that makes you successful in your language learning process. It's Speaking is listening, right? Immersing yourself in what's going on around you, okay? So if that's how you learned your first language, why would you try a different method to learn a foreign language? It just, it doesn't make sense in my brain. It really doesn't. To me, it's obvious, you know? And that's the way you got to think about it. How, do, oh, how did I learn the language that I speak? Hmm, maybe I should try to do that with all the other languages because it worked pretty good. I'm fucking fluent in my first language, so maybe I should use the same method for the second and third, right? I don't know. Just something to think about. All right, but let's move on. How are we doing on time? Ah, oh, 10 minutes. We're good. We're good. So we talked about the past, how people learned before the schools came along and all these things, right? Just immersion. Then you had traditional language schools, which failed and are still failing miserably in creating bilingual, trilingual people, 
because the methodology just it does, it's not effective for the reasons I just mentioned. You can't study English like you study math or history. Okay, so just get that in your head and understand that. All right, maybe you can. Like I, I'm not trying to tell you what's gonna work for you because we're all different. I'm just telling you what's worked for me. Somebody who's taught himself two languages. You see what I'm saying? And I know other people that have taught themselves two or more languages using the same method, you know? So, anyway, after all this time, my question was, when I was doing this research, when did these new sites and technology come along? Right? And when I say new sites and technology, I mean something like italki. Okay? Now, if you're, if you're learning a language, you've probably heard of the website italki, but just in case you haven't, it's like a, a website where you can find language teachers or language exchange partners, okay? And we're going to talk more about different options you have to find language exchange partners later in this episode, all right? So, when did these new sites come along? And we're just going to use italki as an example. Um, well, italki specifically was created in the year 2007, man. Over 10 years ago, which is insane to me because people are still discovering what italki is today you know over 10 years ago this website was created and it finally gave people a chance to get online and find people from these foreign countries that speak the language that they wanted to learn you see what i'm saying it gave people a chance to practice their language skills in the most effective way with other people you know just making friends and then in 2010 now nine years ago they italki introduced the ability for private language tutors and teachers to give classes on the italki platform right so this meant that even if you couldn't find a language exchange partner you could still at least pay somebody to help you improve your skills you know so like i said we're going to talk more about that later italki language exchange sites and all those things okay but um, really quickly another question i had was how has this changed things? Because right, we're talking about the history here. We talked about the way people learned languages hundreds of years ago, which was very effective. I'm sure it was difficult, but it was effective. And then I don't know what the change was to where we had language schools being invented. All right, And then after that, I guess people like Kevin Chen and Yong Yu Jiang. I'm sure I destroyed his name. But the founders of italki, Kevin Chen and Yong Yu Jung. I don't know if that's how you say it. But people like this, they saw an opportunity. They saw that the traditional way of learning languages just wasn't effective. It didn't make sense. So they decided to change things, right? And the change that they made was that they basically revolutionized the way many people think about foreign language, you know? And I'm sure that they're directly responsible for the number of people that speak a foreign language today. You know what I mean? Because before sites like this were invented, many people were going to language schools every weekend for two, three, five, seven years, not seeing any progress. And then they see this new idea like, oh, shit, I can just talk to people and I'm actually going to get fluent in the language. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I need to speak if I want to learn how to speak. Right. I need to try to walk if I want to learn how to walk. And eventually I just start walking. It's like that with every other skill. If you want to be the best, or even if you just want to be good at it, 
you got to try to do it. You can't sit on the sideline just watching other people do it. You have to do it yourself. Right? Anyway. Let's move on, you know. Sorry if I'm if I'm uh sounding a little um what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe aggressive here about my passion for this language learning method which is practicing with real people but it's just it's amazing to me and really frustrating how people will spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on language courses and schools and then years later they still can't put a sentence together in the language they're trying to learn you know so i really try to spread that message to anyone and everyone i can if you want to learn a foreign language and you need to in my opinion, everybody should speak at least two languages. But if you want to learn a foreign language, you've got to speak the foreign language. It's the only way. It's the only way. All right, my friend? So, what are the pros and cons of this new technology? Well, in my opinion, the pros and cons of this technology are very similar to the pros and cons of any other social network. Because at the end of the day, a site like italki is social network it just has it just has a different purpose right but i mean the idea is the same you it's a platform you can meet with and connect with people from all over the world make friends and things like that share information so it's a it's a social network right with the purpose of learning languages okay so the pros in my opinion or the positive aspects are that you can you can connect instantly with any of the millions of people online today, you know, I've made legitimate friends around the world without having ever been to their country before. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's amazing to me. And as for Brazil, particularly, I made some friends online. And then, you know, years later, they actually welcomed me into their homes and and cooked dinner for me, treated me like family. They helped me when I when I was lost or when I was in trouble. You know what I'm saying? And I met these people online. Less than 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that wasn't possible. You know? Most people stay in their city or in their state or in their country their entire lives. But now you can make a friend online, buy a plane ticket, and go stay at their house. You know? I'm not saying it wasn't possible before, but I mean, connecting online obviously wasn't possible before the internet existed, right? So anyway, I'm just saying it's priceless. These types of opportunities, this type of technology is priceless for our lives. You know, another positive aspect is that learning a language is much cheaper now. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said before, people will pay and, and people still pay hundreds of dollars for language courses or to go to a language school and they see no benefits, no results. So now you can pay a fraction of that price to your private language tutor or maybe pay nothing at all and just find a language exchange partner and learn in a much more effective way and learn in a much quicker way, you know? Now, some of the cons or the negative aspects, I would say, is um, like any other social network, you'll see that many people are on these platforms for the wrong reasons, you know? Um... In the end, it really just means more frustration and more time wasted for the people who are serious about their language learning process. You know, that's a con, the way I see it. Also, it can be extremely difficult to find a good language partner or a good language teacher that's right for you. 
you know. But the way I see it, those are really the only cons. So if you're if you're persistent, if you're dedicated, you know, if you're if you're willing to do the work, you can find a partner or a teacher that's right for you. Okay. So speaking of finding a partner, now what are we doing on time? Eighteen minutes, nineteen minutes, yeah. So now we're gonna go deeper into tips. Not exactly how, because everyone's different. I can't tell you exactly what to do, but I'm just going to give you some tips on how to find a partner and how to keep a partner, okay? So, finding a language exchange partner. What's the first thing you need to do when you want to find a partner? Well, the first thing, obviously, is choose the language that you want to learn. You also need to figure out why you want to learn that language, Right, you don't just say I want to learn English, but I really think it's a great idea to know why you want to learn this language. All right? Now why is having a reason for learning a language so important? Well, because if you don't have a compelling reason, a strong reason, something pushing you forward, something motivating you, if you don't have a compelling reason to do something as challenging, as time-consuming, as difficult as learning a language, then you won't have anything to motivate you on those days when you simply don't have the desire or the energy to practice and improve your skills. So you have to have a reason to do this. Otherwise, you're just going to stop doing it. You know, so I would say you need to figure out those two things first, which language and why. After that, I would recommend that you think about the country you want to focus on. And when I say country, I really mean dialect. You know what I mean? I mean dialect because some languages are spoken in multiple countries, right? But I recommend focusing on one specific dialect when learning a foreign language. Why? Why do I say that? Because when you're trying to learn more than one dialect at a time, I mean, it's almost inevitable. You're just going to start confusing yourself and getting frustrated because there are so many different words and expressions and accents in different dialects. You see what I'm saying? So you're learning the dialect over here. They say this one thing in this one way, and then but they say it different over here. So you're like, oh shit, what? You get confused really easily, you know? So I would say just focus on one thing and become amazing at it, right? Don't spread yourself thin. What does that mean? To spread yourself thin means to do too many things at the same time, okay? So don't spread yourself thin. I mean, I understand the desire to be able to speak like everyone and understand everyone all the time. I get that. You know, you want to speak like a native. You want to be fluent, talk to anybody and everybody. I understand. But what you need to remember is that even native speakers have trouble understanding other native speakers sometimes. And they speak the same language. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry about that too much. Don't worry about that. At the end of the day, it's all the same language. So just pick a dialect and stick with it. Okay. I'll use Spanish as an example just to just to uh, give you the clearest example I can. Spanish. Spanish is spoken in numerous countries. Spain, Argentina, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Chile. Costa Rica, I mean, so from basically Mexico all the way down to Argentina, except for Brazil um, and a few other countries, which whose names I can't remember. 
but you get the point. You get the point. It's spoken in many different countries. And what you'll notice is if you go to these different countries or if you talk to people from these different countries, the Spanish is still Spanish, but it's different. You know? It's very, very different. It's much more difficult for me to understand someone from Argentina than it is to understand somebody from Mexico because I learned Spanish that's spoken in Mexico. The accent is different. The words that they use are different. Expressions, the culture is different. You see what I'm saying? So I think that's one reason so many people who want to learn Spanish end up quitting or getting frustrated because the Spanish from here and here and here and here and here is so different. I can't understand everyone. Right. So just remember, dialects have a huge effect on your ability to understand what's being said, you know. So you should be aware of the different dialects, but just choose one. All right. I feel like I took way too much time pondering that idea, but let's move on. Gender. Now, this one really isn't important to most people, but it's something that maybe you want to think about, you know. Do you like talking to men or women, right? You want to find a language partner that you feel comfortable talking to about a wide range of subjects, you know? If women make you nervous, then find a man. Or if men make you nervous, then find a woman, you know? And also understand that it might be a little difficult to find a man or a woman for a language exchange depending on the country in which you are searching, what do I mean by that? Well, some women are constantly bothered by like aggressive or disrespectful men online. So sometimes they just stop responding or interacting with all men online. So don't take it personally is what I'm trying to say. Don't take it personally because some people are just tired of being harassed by other people. You know what I'm saying? Men and women. So just don't take it personal. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that. You have to choose a partner with a particular gender when you're trying to do a language exchange. I'm just saying you should remember that all interactions are different. And an interaction can be directly influenced by your gender. I mean, just like a number of things, the color of your skin, the way you look, you know, the way you talk, all these things can influence the way your interaction plays out, you know. But anyway, it's just something to consider. That's all. Now... The next thing you need to consider is the website or the application you're going to use to find your language exchange partner. Okay, I already mentioned italki.com, so now let's talk a little bit more about it. Italki is basically like, um, it's it's kind of like Facebook, except there's no bullshit. <laughs> there's no you don't have like a wall where you can post photos and videos and talk about your political views and all that bullshit. It's specifically for finding a language exchange partner. So you make a profile and you talk about yourself a little bit and then you can go on there and literally search for people who speak the language that you want to learn. So let's say you want to learn Mandarin. You click Mandarin, then you search from which country? Well, obviously China. And then um, you can... S- check the box. I want a native speaker. I want all these things. You can be specific about the type of partner that you want and where they're from. You see? So if you want to learn a specific dialect, you can search for people that speak that dialect. You know? It's really cool. It's really cool. I've made some good friends. I've found some great language exchange partners. 
you know, and I give classes on italki as well. Um, I teach English, you know. And just in case you haven't heard of this website, italki.com is spelled I-T-A-L-K-I.com, italki.com, okay? Another option you have is a phone application called HelloTalk, okay? Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because in my experience and in the experience of most people that I know, there's a lot of people on there that aren't really serious about learning a language, but some of my best friends in life I met on this application, so it's kind of hard not to talk about it in this episode. You know what I'm saying? So, Hello Talk, spelled just like it sounds Hello Talk, one word. Uh, this is much more like a social network for language learners. It's like Facebook and Instagram mixed together because you can post music and videos and articles and stuff and all kinds of stuff, multimedia. You can post on what's basically like a feed, a Facebook wall or something like that. And people can like, they can comment, you know, you can follow people. And also you have this section where you can search for language exchange partners who speak your this language, they're from this country, you know. So it's it really is a social network for language learners. The only thing is it's extremely difficult to find a quality language exchange partner on HelloTalk, at least in my experience. Very, very difficult. But if you're trying to learn, I'd say it's worth a try. You know, the worst thing that can happen is you don't find anybody or it takes a long time to find someone. That's the worst thing that can happen. And it's free. So I'd say give it a try. All right. So, I mean, there are other websites like Verbling and Cambly. Um, I'm sure there's many, many more websites that you can use to find language exchange partners. But those are the two that I use. And I'm not being paid to talk about italki. I'm not being paid to talk about HelloTalk. So, you know, I'm only mentioning them because I use them, you know, and I've had some success after lots and lots and lots of failure. All right. So check it out. Okay. Now, let's talk about how to approach someone online, because once you create an account, anybody can find you and approach you. But that's passive. And I believe that you need to be very active in your language learning process. So you need to be approaching other people, right? Don't wait for them. Make the first move. That's my recommendation. All right. So approaching people online, this is the part that so many of us have trouble with, right? We've chosen our language. We've chosen our reason why, right? Our motivation. We've chosen the country. We've even chosen the dialect. But now we actually have to find a human being to practice with, right? So before I talk about how to approach someone, things that you should say, I'd like to take a brief moment to talk about what you should not say, okay? Because me personally, I'm constantly approached online by lazy people, by selfish people, and by greedy people, okay? So just in case you don't understand those words, lazy just means you don't want to do hard work, okay? That's lazy. You just want to sit around doing nothing. You only want to do easy stuff. You're lazy, okay? Selfish means you only think about yourself. You don't think about the other person, what they want, what they feel, you know, how they're thinking, stuff like that. You're just selfish. You only think about self. And greedy. Greedy means you want much more than you should have. You want much more than what's necessary, 
You know, I don't just want my plate of food. I want your plate of food. I want her plate of food. I want their plate of food. I want it all, even though I don't need it. You're just fucking greedy. Okay, so I'm constantly approached by lazy, selfish and greedy people online. What do I mean? Lazy people. Those are the ones that send you like the the one word message, right? Like hi or hello. Right? Just the one word message to start a conversation. And what that does is it gives you the responsibility of making conversation with them. These people are fucking lazy. All right. It's not how you start a conversation. Selfish people. These are the ones who only talk about how you can help them. Right. They only want to talk about what they need. I need you to help me with with your language. You can help me do this. You can do that for me. Right. Greedy people. These are the ones that expect you to only speak in your native language 100 percent of the time. Right. They don't have any intention of actually helping you learn to speak their language. You see, I guess that's also selfish, but greedy. Right. Greedy. Now. I can't tell you who you want to be or what you want to do, but my recommendation is to not be one of these people. All right, you're going to have very little success when trying to find a language exchange partner, you know? You also don't want to be the person that's on the language learning website for some kind of, like, looking for some kind of long-distance boyfriend or girlfriend, that's going to send you pictures of themselves or be romantic with you just to make you feel better about yourself. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be one of those people, you know? I feel like it's kind of obvious what I'm saying right now, but it happens every day, all the time. You know what I'm saying? These websites, these applications are full of people like this. So just don't don't be like that, you know? If you find someone on these language learning sites and you fall in love and and have kids and get you know what I'm saying have a great life together that's amazing great congratulations you know what I'm saying but don't approach people on a language learning website with romantic or sexual intentions bro just don't don't do it okay use the platform for the purpose it was made you know what I'm saying that's just my recommendation okay so now that we've talked about what not to say Let's talk about some things that you could say, all right, because I can't tell you exactly what to say because I don't know how you speak. I don't know your personality. I don't know how you interact with people. So I'm just going to share my tactics, right, and hope that you find it helpful in your search for a language partner, okay? Now, I've been experimenting with many different ways of approaching people for a language exchange, and I found after all this time Simply being nice, simple, and direct is what works best for me, all right? Be nice, keep it simple, and just be direct, you know? Don't waste people's time. Don't be an asshole, you know? It's really, for me, it's that simple, all right? So, and I'm not saying that it works every time. I'm not saying that I have a 100% success rate when approaching people online for a language exchange. That's not what I'm saying. Actually, my success rate is probably like closer to 25%, you know, maybe less, maybe less because you have to approach a lot of people because some people simply don't respond. Some people aren't interested. Some people, whatever the reason, it just takes time. 
You have to try and try and try and try and try and try and fucking try until you succeed, right? So what I'm going to do now is simply read examples, the actual messages that I've sent to people and then tell you what the result was, okay? So I speak Spanish, but it's been a long time since I've spoken it to other people. So recently I've been trying to find language exchange partners that speak Spanish on italki. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, I sent a message to this girl and um, this is how it goes. This is what I said. Hey, Veronica, how's it going? My name's Tony and I'm looking for Spanish speaking people to do a language exchange. I see that we have some similar interests like art and books and music. So I'm sure we can find many different things to talk about. Maybe we can spend one day speaking in English and the next day speaking in Spanish. I'd love to learn more about you and your part of the world. I hope to hear from you soon. Okay, that was the message. All right, very simple, very direct. I talked about um, my interest in her and her country, her culture. We have similar interests, you know, art and books and music and things like that. And I told her exactly what I want. I even, I even proposed a method that we can use. One day we speak in English, one day we speak in Spanish. And maybe if you're listening to me now, you're like, dude, that's obvious, right? But I'm just telling you what has worked for me. Now, I will say that girl, if I'm not mistaken, she responded, but she just said, hello, Tony. She didn't say anything else. All right, so after I said all of that, she just said hello. And, you know, just my experience on these language learning platforms, like if, like I said, the one word messages type thing, I just, I typically don't respond, you know, so I just kind of got the impression she was going to be that kind of partner, you know, kind of lazy, expecting me to make all the conversation, which is natural, right? I approached her, so I do have the responsibility to make conversation, but it still has to be a mutual interaction, right? It's give and take, so if I'm giving, you got to fucking give too, you know, that's how it works, at least with me, okay? So let me read one more message that actually did work for me okay hey isabel how's it going my name is tony and i'd like to get to know you through a language exchange of english and spanish i'm a very curious and patient person so i'm sure we can find many different things to talk about and although i'm not a native speaker i also speak portuguese pretty well so i can try to help you with any doubts you have about that language as well i hope to hear from you soon And that was it. And I mentioned Portuguese because she's learning English and Portuguese. So I kind of was just saying, oh, I can help you with both, maybe. You know what I'm saying? But again, very simple, very direct. I want to get to know you. I'm very patient. I'm curious. We can find different things to talk about. I hope to hear from you soon. And I put a little smiley face, you know, very simple. And she actually responded. I don't remember I don't have exactly what she said here, but she said something like, hey, that sounds great. I'm just trying to improve my English, so let's focus on that. You know, are you available on Tuesdays and Thursdays? And I said, yes, I'm available. And we set a time and we now we talk twice a week on Skype. I haven't talked to her in a while because I think she's traveling. But the point is, it worked. And it was that simple. Right. So. You might feel discouraged. You might feel like, shit, I'm approaching so many different people, bah, 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 and it doesn't work, but you just got to keep trying. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second, okay? But 
Those are just some examples. I would recommend you take exactly what I just said. Just put your name and the languages that you're trying to learn into that message that I just read to you. Okay, just try it or something like that, you know, and just see what it just see how it works for you. Okay. All right, let's move on because we've talked about approaching people and a simple and very direct way that you can approach people online. But what if they say no? Or what if they simply don't respond? Right? It's really easy to get discouraged when you're looking for a language partner. I mean, it's extremely easy. When you're trying to learn a language, period. But definitely when trying to look for a partner, you know? Because unless you're, if you're not an extremely attractive person, you know what I mean? Like physically, sexually attractive, if you're not a beautiful woman or a beautiful man, you'll probably find that a lot of people either won't respond to you or they won't put in the effort when having a conversation with you. All right. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just reality. All right. It's just reality. So in my experience, I found that people can be very lazy when making conversation, you know, or they can they can be on these language learning platforms for the wrong reason, like we talked about before, you know, just trying to find some international ass or something like that, you know? So, I would say if they don't respond, if they say no, don't worry about it. And again, getting back to what I was saying, you need to think about how many people are you actually approaching before you get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? If you sent messages to three people and none of them responded and now you want to quit, I'd say reconsider, you know, I've sent messages to tens, maybe hundreds of people. I've talked to literally hundreds of people online. And today, on a regular basis, I talk to maybe three. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? And that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Just like in in your real life, in your city, in your home, you don't have 100 friends. You probably don't have 10 real friends. You probably have less than 10. You know what I'm saying? And it can when you're not in school every day, when you're not in a social environment like a school, a university or something like that, it's extremely hard to find or make new friends. You see what I'm saying? So you just got it's a, it's a numbers game, right? It's mathematics, it's statistics. The more you try, the better chance you have of succeeding. So you got to think about it that way. You miss 100 like what's the what's the expression you you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? It's a famous quote by Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, right? If you don't take the shot, you can't make it, right? If you don't kick the ball, you can't score the goal. Whatever sport you're into, you get the point. You got to take your shot, make the first move, right? So if you're sending five messages every day and you're not getting any response, start sending seven and see what happens, you know? It takes a long time. I've sent so many messages trying to find the right partner until I finally found them. You know, but once you find those quality language partners, once you find those like real friends that you can connect with, you know, you'll be able to cultivate great conversations, meaningful relationships. You know what I'm saying? And then it's all worth it. You're not even thinking about all the time you spent getting rejected or ignored because you have your partner now. Right. Now you can move forward. Take the next step. So you don't need every attempt to go perfectly. You just need one or two. One, two, three language partners, and then you're good. So just keep trying, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Keep trying. 
All right. Now, what do you do when they respond? Because we talked about people not responding, people ignoring you or telling you no. But what if they say yes? Now what? Right. This is another thing that many of us have a hard time with, you know, keeping a conversation going once we've started it. Very difficult for most of us. You know what I'm saying? And this is also something that's a little difficult to teach because there isn't just one particular way to do it. You know, so I'm simply going to give you a few pointers. Excuse me, a few pointers or tips that you can use and start applying today. Okay, I'm also writing an ebook about how to have better conversations in English. You know, I plan to release it sometime next year. I'm almost finished with it. And I'll probably record a podcast episode telling you or at least talking about the book um, sometime next year. All right. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And what I mean when I say that is be expecting that at some point in the future. All right. But let's let's get back to the episode, because the fact is, if you don't know how to hold a conversation in your own language, right, your native language, you're really going to have a difficult time trying to hold the conversation in a foreign language. You know, so my best recommendation is to practice your conversational skills every day in your language. You know what I'm saying? Study the art of conversation. Understand how conversations work and what you can do to make your conversations work better. You know, so again, I can't tell you what to say. I can't tell you that my recommendation is just get better at having conversations that is going to allow you to continue the exchange once it has started okay but tony how do i keep the conversation going if i can barely speak the language again if you can't have a conversation in your language it's going to be difficult in a foreign language but i get it it's an excellent question seriously i talk a lot of shit but i'm but i'm being serious it's an excellent question but my answer is very subjective Okay, my answer, what I mean when I say my answer is subjective, it means it might not be the right answer for everyone. It depends on the situation. Right. But when you find a language exchange partner, theoretically, you'll be speaking 50 percent of the time in your language and 50 percent of the time in their language. Right now, perhaps or maybe in the beginning. You'll have to spend more time speaking in your native language as you slowly improve your speaking skills in their language, you know. And this is why there isn't just one thing you can do to become fluent in a language, right? Finding a language exchange partner isn't going to make you fluent, but it's going to help you become fluent. You see, you still need to be studying every single day. And when I say studying, I don't mean like reading grammar books and shit like that. I just mean exposing yourself immersing yourself in the language listening to to podcasts like this one um, watching videos translating song lyrics you know what i'm saying um watching movies with and without subtitles reading articles anything and everything that you can get your hands on in this foreign language you need to consume it okay so you can use this language exchange partner to help you clear up all your doubts as well You see what I'm saying? You're undoubtedly, or you without a doubt, are going to have doubts (laughs) or difficulties or problems during your language learning process, right? 
let's take it back to the the baby example. Right? I mentioned before babies learning languages and, and the way that they do that. So let's take it back to that example. Imagine if somebody said, how is that baby ever going to learn to speak if they can barely speak now? That would sound kind of silly, right? It would sound kind of like the answer is obvious because you know that it's just a question of time and practice, right? In a few years, that baby will go to school and learn the technical side of the language like grammar and spelling and writing and reading. And the baby will be practicing everything that he or she learns with his or her family, friends, teachers. You see what I'm saying? Just the people around them. Okay? So that's you need to think about it the same way. You're a baby right now. And maybe not. Maybe you speak English very well already and you're just trying to improve. But if you're anywhere in the process, especially in the beginning, you're like a child. Right? You can understand a lot more than you can say. And when you try to say something, it just doesn't come out correctly. You don't have enough words. You know, you can't put the sentences together in a coherent way yet. That's normal. You know? But you need to use all the resources you can. In this case, your language exchange partner to help you mature. You see what I'm saying? So you can start speaking like the adult that you probably are if you're listening to this podcast. Right? So when you're listening to your music and translating your song lyrics or when you're watching a movie or when you're reading an article, take notes. Write down all the things that confuse you and bring it to your next language exchange. When you talk to your friend every Tuesday, every Saturday or whatever, ask them about it. Ask them about it and then have them explain it to you. Not just the language, but the culture that comes with the language. Right. And slowly but surely you'll start to improve. You'll have more words, you'll better understand the culture, you'll become a little more fluent every single day that you practice. You see what I'm saying? So your language exchange partner is like a coach, right? They can't play for you. They can just help you become a better player. And that's the way you need to think about your language exchange, is you're just looking for a coach, right? That's the way I look at it, you know? Uh, Also, don't be afraid... To use Google Translate in the middle of a conversation, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? We have these tools for a reason, you know? And I'm not saying that you should be relying on these tools forever, but in the beginning, it's totally normal to translate entire sentences before you send them in a message or before you say them while you're on the phone, you know? Even today, I'm an advanced speaker of Spanish and Portuguese, and I still pull out my phone, and I use Google Translate to find a word or an expression when I'm talking on the phone with someone. I mean, I really do this because I'm lazy, but I still do it, right? I should be pushing myself to describe the word I'm looking for instead of just using the translator, but you get the point. You get the point. Use the tools that are available to you, okay? Also, understand that a large part of a conversation is getting the other person to speak, Okay, listening is just as important as speaking. It's actually much more important than speaking. Okay, now I'm not saying turn the conversation into an interview where you're just asking questions and they're just answering questions. But understand that you can make a conversation last a lot longer. Right. You can make it continue for much more time if you know how to get people to express themselves. Okay. Curiosity is king. In a conversation. 
And this is also a skill that can be learned. Okay? So, just remember, be curious, be direct, okay? Take your learning process seriously, but have fun. Hopefully, the tips that I've just mentioned you find helpful. Hopefully, okay? So, let's talk a little bit. How are we doing on time? 50 minutes? All right, we're almost done. How do you maintain an international friendship once you've created one, right? You've got your language, your country, your dialect. You found your partner. You're slowly but surely making better conversations in the foreign language and things like that. You're creating relationships. But how do you maintain an international friendship, right? Because it's very easy, very common, actually, and very easy to make a friend online. You guys are having good interactions for a few days, a few weeks, maybe, and then you disappear or they disappear, right? You get bored. The conversations become the same every single time, right? You're not going deeper into any subjects, right? So you just stop talking to the person. How do we fix this problem? How do we stop this from happening, right? Honestly, I maintain my international friendships the same way I maintain any domestic relationship. You know? You just need to stay in touch or stay in contact is what I mean, you know? And this means if you haven't heard from your friend in a while, send them a message. See how they're doing. Call them on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Just try to maintain the contact. And again, like I said before, it's 50-50, man. If the person's making absolutely no effort to stay in contact with you, then I guess you got to find a new partner, you know? No big deal. I would also say you need to be interested in their culture, you know? Stay up to date or stay updated or stay how can I say this in a different way? Stay up to date. It just means be informed about what's happening current currently, you know? Be informed about what's happening these days or recently, right now. Stay up to date. So stay up to date with what's going on in their country, you know? Tell them what's going on in your country, right? This will give you more things to talk about and your perspective will become more and more global because you'll start to see the differences, the similarities and things like that between you and your country and them and their country, you see? Also, share your lives, you know what I mean? Share your interests. Send them songs and movies and articles and videos and discuss them together, all right? And this is only possible if you're actively trying to learn more about their language and culture, right? You're listening to a song you don't really understand. Send it to them. Ask them to explain it to you. Or maybe one of your favorite songs. Like, hey, man, just wanted to send you some of my favorite music. Let me know what you think. We can talk about it. You know, I can explain it to you, whatever. Right? That's effective. You know, maybe it seems really simple, but it works for me. So that's the only reason I can recommend it to you. Okay? Because at the end of the day, you just have to genuinely like and care about the person you're trying to maintain a relationship with. Right? So again, don't be afraid to make the first move and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's what your partner's there for, you see? Also, don't be afraid to let the relationship go if you see that the other person isn't putting in the effort. Like I've said many times during this episode before, okay? There are 7 billion, with a B, 7 billion people on this planet. I'm positive 
that you can find at least one that's good for you. All right? So, I guess that's a good time to get out of here, man. That's uh, pretty much all I had to say uh, in this episode. Went through all my notes here. I really, really, really hope that you found this episode helpful in some way. Maybe I, you know, got you to think about things from a different perspective or maybe gave you some useful tips that you can use on how to find your own language partner. And once you find that partner, keep that partner. You see what I'm saying? I really hope you found some value. But if you ever have any questions or comments or feedback, I love feedback, man. I love feedback. Feel free to contact me um, by email at englishwithkaizen at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at Tony Kaizen. Send me a message, man. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe I forgot some things. Maybe I should have uh, went deeper into different subjects or maybe given better tips. I don't know. I don't know. So I need your feedback. Okay. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, if you get value from it, if you like it, find it entertaining, helpful, whatever, please share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with anybody who's trying to learn English as a second language or simply understands English and wants to hear an interesting show. You know, I really appreciate it because the more people that listen to this show, the more people we can help and connect with. All right. But that's it for now, man. This has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen. And I'll talk to you later. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.